Turn to Mark chapter 4. We'll look at the last set of verses in this chapter, starting with verse 35. And here we have a very common uh, situation that many, many uh, have heard. It's a very common story in the Bible of a situation that happened with Jesus, and that is when Jesus calmed the storm on the sea of Galilee. As you remember that this is the uh, area where Jesus did most of his ministry up in the northern part of Israel around the Sea of Galilee and the disciples were fishermen. They were very well accustomed to being on a boat. That was their livelihood and they fished out on the Sea of Galilee and many times then when they began to travel with Jesus, Jesus would teach on the shoreline and then he would say, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. And he would just sail to the other side of the, of the lake. Partly, I think, to have a break, get away from the crowds, and to have some uh, concentrated time or private time with the disciples to teach them. But many times he used that time to teach them some lessons on the sea. And this is one of those this is the purpose I believe of this situation it was to teach them a lesson about life and let's talk about the lesson because I think the lesson that is really meant to teach here is different from what we normally think of from this text and the what is normally emphasized from this text verse 35 on the same day when evening had come he said to them let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, notice that the timing of this is in the evening. Uh, that is something I had not seen before. Uh, I had always pictured this. You know, you get visual images in your mind. You picture them heading out across the sea and dark clouds start rolling in and, and this, all the rain starts pouring down, the wind's blowing, and it's all daylight. That's not how it happened. It was evening, and it was most likely dark when they got caught in this storm. And I think that was a part of the, the purpose of what Jesus was trying to teach them because as they headed out, Notice Jesus, it's his idea. He says, let's cross over the other side at night. And that was probably uh, a more risky way to do that. And then a storm comes up, and Jesus is going to use this to teach them some important lessons. Now, the most common way this is taught, and the way that we might just most quickly look at this, I believe is not the correct way. Most 
quickly we look at this and say, well, Jesus is showing the disciples here that whenever we have storms come up in our life, meaning problems, when problems come in our life, Jesus can just speak the word and make them go away. And that we can just look to Jesus as just a great big miracle factory and that the point of following Jesus, he can just take away all of our problems and he can just say, peace be still, and he can just calm a storm. He can do whatever. Jesus can do anything. You follow Jesus and you're, you can just take care of every problem you have. That's what's preached a lot because it sells well. A lot of the charismatic churches preach this and a lot of the churches emphasize miracles and I believe they teach it and they, they misuse this text. And, and, it, and it misleads a lot of people because they think, okay, I'll come to Jesus and he'll heal me. I'm sick and I'll get healed. Or he'll just take away all my money problems. He'll just give me all kinds of money and he'll take away sickness and this problem and that problem. He'll just take it away. And that's how a lot of Christians Look at Jesus, because that's what they're taught. And this text is one of the main texts that they're, they're, they're taught this. Jesus can just take away any storm in your life. I don't think that's the point Jesus was trying to illustrate here and teach to his disciples. Because, number one, there were going to be many other times where they would get in a boat and be in a storm. Jesus wasn't going to take away every storm. And Jesus wasn't always going to be there the point wasn't that he was going to take, talk, take away every storm from then on or even take away every problem. Another thing that leads me to that conclusion is the fact that Jesus got in the boat and he went to sleep. Okay, that, that's an important part of the story. A lot of times that's just passed over. If Jesus was going to calm this storm and he had a purpose in this. He, got it, he had him in the boat because he knew a storm was going to come and he was going to use that as a, uh, a, a lesson for them. Why did Jesus go to sleep? I believe Jesus went to sleep more for an opposite reason, that Jesus wasn't intending to calm this storm. That it wasn't his original purpose to calm it. He was going to go to sleep because he intended to sleep through that storm to teach them to trust him through storms. I think that's what the real lesson here that Jesus intended them to teach. But they freaked out and they just panicked and couldn't take it anymore. And Jesus said, okay, I got to call this test off. They're really getting overwhelmed here. So let's look at it from that perspective and let's look at what the real lesson might be. He headed out at the evening time so it's dark a storm comes up on the sea and those fishermen knew that's the worst thing that you could have happen they knew the danger of that they knew the strength of those storms and they knew that they could be very easily killed and drowned and again then it was all dark and so you have all these factors of fear that are put together here and I think that is one of the lessons Jesus is trying to teach and if you look at his wording of what he says to him after he calms the storm in verse 40 he says why are you so fearful how is it that you have no faith and I think Jesus was those words mean and he was telling them 
Why are you guys getting so afraid? You should just continue to trust me and trust that we're going to make it through this storm and you didn't have to panic. He doesn't rebuke them to say, don't you know I could calm the storm? Even though he does that. He didn't say that. He said, don't you know I could take care of this? He says, why are you so afraid? I think that is the first lesson here, is Jesus was trying to teach them a lesson about fear that they, didn't, they needed to live by faith and not fear when they dealt with difficulties in life and the storms of life, so to speak, because there will be many storms that will come in life. Everybody has many storms to come in life, and we need to know how to deal with them in faith and not in fear. And so I think that's the real point here, rather than Jesus is going to take away all your storms, because he doesn't. He never promised that, and that's not reality. But it is reality that we have storms and problems, and we need to know how to face them with faith and not fear. I think that's really the lesson Jesus was aiming at here. I think that's why he went to sleep. I think he went to sleep on purpose. And maybe also because he's probably tired. It was the end of the day. And he was saying, okay, I'm going to go lay down and rest. And, but he intended to sleep through that, I think. And he wanted the disciples, he, he would have rather, if they had passed the test, that they would have just trusted him through the storm and trusted that he would have taken care of whatever needed to be taken care of. And if a storm came, then they needed to go through the storm and it would all be okay. Because Jesus was with them and he was sleeping. And if Jesus is sleeping, he's at rest, he's, at, he's calm, he's not worried about this, then I don't need to be worried about this. I think that's the lesson he was trying to aim at here with the disciples. And they, they failed it. They panicked, they woke him up, and he said, guys, why were you so afraid? Why were you so controlled by fear and not faith and just trusted that if I went to sleep, and I'm the Son of God and I know everything, if I went to sleep, you could have rested too. You could have just stayed calm and just stayed and just trusted me. That's what you should have done. You should have, what, followed me. And that's the lesson Jesus gives us in all times. Follow me. Just follow me. Trust me and follow me. And they didn't follow Jesus. He lay down and was asleep and, was asleep and they, it was peaceful. They were panicky. And I think that's it's the fundamental lesson in life that speaks very loudly to us. Because fear is a huge battle in human nature. It's true of all of us. I think some people... You know, you say, well, some people just don't seem to, anything rattles them. They're not afraid. They're not afraid like I am. And that's not true. That when you really learn human nature and you learn people, you learn that they, there's just people that just can cover over their fears a lot better. They can just act like they're not afraid. They can just uh, give a different uh, appearance better than others. But everybody wrestles with fears. Fear is a fundamental uh, emotion that has come out of our sin nature that is very, very difficult to deal with. 
And that was the lesson here. I think that Jesus wanted to set up the disciples in a very scary situation so that they began to deal with the issue of fear in their life. Because they were going to have to deal with that later on. When they were persecuted, when they were threatened with death, when eventually they did, every one of them, give their lives. And they needed to boldly stand up to that and say, I'm still going to preach even though you say you're going to kill me. And they did eventually come after and kill them and they had to still preach in the face of that. If they were afraid, they'd have never done that. So I think this was part of their training about fear. And we need that training too. The very first emotion you see that came out of, in the Garden of Eden, the very first thing that Adam and Eve felt after they sinned, the instant after they sinned, they felt afraid. That's what Genesis chapter 3 records. They heard, they heard God approaching. And what, is, what, did it, what does it say? That Adam and, and Eve hid themselves because they were afraid. That's what Genesis 3 says. First emotion, first thing that comes after sin was fear. And that shows how it's very fundamental. It's a core part of what's in us as sinners is fear. We all know this, even growing up. You grow up in, in, in your immature stage, and your fears are just so major. You know, you're afraid of everything. And a part of maturing is learning not to be afraid of things. You know, not be afraid of the dark, not being afraid of this or that. But as people, as Children of God, we need to learn how to deal with our fears that can be about many things in life and learn how to then instead operate in faith. That's the contrast here. Jesus said, why are you fearful? Why aren't you faithful? Why aren't you full of faith instead of full of fear? That's the contrast. And that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us not to be controlled and driven by fears. He wants us to be driven by faith, trust. And that is played out in the midst of problems and storms and difficulties. That's why I say here, I don't think the point of this miracle was that Jesus will take away all your storms because that's not reality. We all have problems we're dealing with and we'll have problems in the future. God will not take away all of that. Salvation doesn't mean you won't have problems anymore. But what we have now is Jesus with us. And here's the, I believe visually we can take this uh, and apply it spiritually. That the disciples had Jesus in their boat. He was right there with them. And that was the basis why they should not have been afraid. Because Jesus was in the boat. Even through a storm. Jesus decided he was going to sleep through that storm. That meant he wasn't going to stop it. He was going to go through it. And they could have been at peace. Why? Because Jesus was in the boat. He was with them. And we can learn to be at peace in the midst of problems and difficulties and storms of life because Jesus is with us. That's how we can apply this to ourselves. Jesus is with us. When we repent and receive Jesus in salvation, we enter into a relationship with Him. We, he comes and lives in us through the Holy Spirit. We are joined to Him 
through the Holy Spirit, we are one with Him. The church is called the body of Christ. We are members with Him, joined with Him. We are one with Him, one body. We are with Him. He is with us. And Jesus said, I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll always be with you. He said, I'm with you to the end of the age. And so what was visually pictured here in the boat, spiritually is true of us. Jesus is with us in our boat. And we're sailing across the ocean of life, and we're going to encounter storms. We're going to encounter problems. And it could be life-threatening. And our natural reaction will be just to panic and to get all afraid. And that fear can make us do wrong things is the problem. It can make us react wrongfully, just like Adam and Eve did. Because of their fear, they ran away from God and they hid instead of coming to God and finding help. And that's the problem we can have with fear. It'll make us make wrong decisions to run away from God out of fear instead of faith and coming to God and drawing close to Him in belief. And fear can do that. Again, fear is a big, big motivator. It's a powerful thing. We get afraid of our life. We can, it, we, in our human nature, we can just forget everything else. That fear can grip us. Fear is gripping. That's how the disciples were. They were panicked. I'm sure they just rushed into Jesus and woke him up, startled him up. You know, Jesus, Jesus, don't you, don't you know what's happening? We're about to die. Don't you care? They were panicked. And we can get like that if we don't operate by faith. And that's what we need when we get the bad news, when we get a bad diagnosis, when we have a problem, when, when death comes. When there's loss of, of life around us, we don't need to be driven and controlled by fear. Fears don't know where we need to be. Jesus, remember his words, why are you so fearful? Those words need to echo in our minds when we find ourselves controlled by fear and gripped by fear. We need to hear the words of Jesus because that's what he's speaking to us. He would say, why are you so fearful? fearful oh you of little faith so he, he gives us an answer there that the reason why we will be full of full, full of fear at times is because our faith is little big fear equals little faith little faith equals big fear big faith equals peace that's what we see here from the words of Jesus. That we can be at peace when the problems come. When there's a huge storm that's just overwhelming, we can be at calm peace within ourselves because Jesus is with us and we're going to trust him to go with us through the storm and to show us what to do. And again, that's what I think was the original purpose. I think Jesus intended to go through the storm with them to show them that they should not have been afraid before we stop talking about fear i want to apply it uh, to our present day this is the dynamic that has happened over the last year and a half with covid the whole thing that, that this got started on was panicked fear 
Oh, we're going to have millions of cases. We're going to have this many deaths. The hospitals are going to fill up, be overrun. It's going to kill everybody. And everybody started panicking all around the world. And the bad part of that is a lot of it was lies. It was all ramped up, exaggerated uh, predictions that didn't play out. And the ones who are driving this are using this dynamic. They're using fear to control people. And it's working. Because this is what fear does. Fear can grip us and control us. It's a very powerful emotion that can be very difficult to deal with. And people are looking at this and saying, well, I could be next. I could get sick. Okay, I'm going to go get the vaccine. I'm going to do whatever they say. Everybody's being driven by fear over this. Because Satan has always used this. And he's using it today. But God's people are not to be driven by fear. We're to be driven by faith. And so I think the first lesson here is to not be controlled by fears when we deal with problems. But to be driven, be controlled by faith, to be focused on faith. And when we do feel afraid, we're to seek to pray and seek God to, to build up our faith and to build up our trust on Him and say, God, I'm going to trust you in this. I don't know the answers. I don't know the outcome of this, but I'm just going to trust you to show me the way of what to do. And however it turns out, I'm going to go through it and you're going to give me the strength I need to go through it. That's faith. And that's the faith we need in dealing with the problems of life. And that's how we deal with fear. Faith, not fear. It's the first lesson. Second, I think, is about uh, problems, which I've kind of already touched on, but I think we can add this in that uh, it's a lesson about problems that we're going to have problems. Storms are going to come up. Jesus got in that boat knowing the storm was going to come up, I believe. That's just the nature of life. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Jesus has never promised to take away all of our problems. That's where the charismatics really are off on their teaching, and that's the core part where they are in error. They will say, Jesus wants to heal you every time. Jesus will solve your problem every time. If you just have enough faith, Jesus will solve your problem and heal your sickness every time. They preach that. I mean, they preach it every Sunday. That's their core belief. And the Bible never teaches that. And Jesus never says that. This text does not say that. The point of this text is not that Jesus will calm our storm every time. It's that Jesus will help us with our storms. And sometimes, uh, most of the time, Jesus uh, sends us through the storm. And his plan is to help us and strengthen us. Sometimes he does do miracles. God can do that. Sometimes he chooses to do that. That's his choice. But it is uh, in the minority. It is the exception, not the rule. And um, many Christians find that out who teach this and say, you know, Jesus will heal you every time you get sick. And then they get the illness. And then they're going for the surgeries. And they're... Uh, suffering with a disease that the doctors can't do anything about. Why didn't Jesus heal them? Because Jesus never promised to heal us every time. He never does that. And so dealing with sickness, dealing with problems, you would say, God, help me with this. Take this away if it is your will. We always got to say that. 
The Bible teaches us to pray, if it is your will. Jesus prayed that. Father, take this away, take this cup, but not my will, but your will be done. We must pray, if it is your will, take this away, but if not, give me the strength to go through this. That's the prayer of faith in the midst of storms. And we're going to have them constantly. And life is filled with problems, and we need to know how to deal with them in faith to make it through this life. And, that's, and we deal with that. We, we can do that because Jesus is with us. We can deal with any problem because Jesus is with us. And the verse um, that states this so powerfully, at the end of the book of Philippians, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then Paul went on to say, I have learned how to suffer need and to be hungry and to go without and that was his context i can suffer anything if jesus is with me because he will strengthen me through it and that's how we can approach problems that i can deal with anything that comes along in life if jesus is with me if jesus is in the boat i can deal with this because jesus is here because Jesus is here doesn't mean it's going to go away, but it means I can go through this because Jesus is in my boat. I think that's the lesson about problems he was trying to teach the disciples because they were going to have many, many storms in the days ahead. But then at this point, Jesus calls it off. He says, he rose and rebuked the wind and he said, peace be still. And the storm ceased immediately and they marveled in verse 41 and said they feared exceedingly and said to one another who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him and here's a third lesson that comes out of this is to see the greatness of jesus the one who's in the boat with us is the one who has power over everything and i think he calmed the storm at that point to to show them that of their mistake that they shouldn't have panicked because all Jesus had to do was speak a word, and he could calm the wind, calm the storm. And they looked at that and said, man, who is this who can just speak to uh, the winds and the waves and calm them immediately? And at that point, they had the right kind of fear. Did you catch that? They feared there at the end, but it was the right kind of fear. It was a good kind of fear. It was the fear of God. At the beginning of the trip, they were fearing the storm. Now, at the end, they're fearing Jesus. And they got to the place they needed to be. And that's where we need to be. We need to realize who's in the boat with us. He's the one who spread out the universe, who spoke and the stars all were created and the billions and billions of galaxies across the billions and billions of trees and trillions of miles of space that's out there that is so large, Jesus is the one who created all that. The power of Jesus is phenomenal. It's unlimited. He just spoke to the storm and it calmed immediately. Now, apply it to our recent situation with this storm that came through Louisiana that John's going to help clean up. And I'm, I imagine he's going to come back with just a new understanding of storms and the power that they hold, the devastation that can be unleashed. And the people there, the reports I'm hearing from this charity organization who have gone and they have helped serve in many many storms and and that guy said the people there are just he said it's it's worse than i've ever seen as far as the effect on people he said they are just devastated they're just overwhelmed 
this, this storm that just wrecked all this havoc, that was so powerful, that's done all this damage, Jesus could have just said one word and turned it all off in a minute, in a second. That's the kind of power Jesus has. That's the kind of power who's with us. And again, that doesn't mean he's always going to turn everything off, but it means we can be at peace because of who Jesus is and the power he has, that he has all authority over everything. And here's, here's the truth that comes out of that, that I think I wanna, we want to get to, is that if Jesus is with us and he has that kind of power, that he can just say a word and calm a storm, that if we have a storm come up in our life, a problem, and it doesn't go away, that means Jesus wants it there for some reason. He has purposed and chosen that we go through that storm, and that's what he's decided. Because he has power to stop it, but he hasn't, and that means he has purposes for it, and he's going to help us in it, because he has the ability to stop it if he wanted even the winds and the waves obey him. And that should fill us with awe and a fear of God that we respect his power, that he can do whatever he wants. He could stop our life in a second. He could stop this whole earth in a second. He could stop everything. And that's the Lord that we serve who's with us. And he's to be number one in our life. He deserves that place. And we need to... Follow him as the top priority, the number one power in our life. And we serve him above all others because he holds all of life in his hands. I think these lessons are what Jesus was trying to teach the disciples. And they needed to learn those for what they would do in the days ahead. And they learned them and they went on and they preached boldly in the name of Jesus they just, after they saw the resurrection and everything clicked and they realized who he was and they were in, 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 in that strength, then they were able to go out and to die for Jesus. And that's the kind of boldness we need. That's the kind of strength we need. And we can have it through our faith in Jesus. And that's the point of this night on the boat on the Sea of Galilee. And it's true for us today. So, the uh, assumed thing is, but it's the very, very key right at the beginning is, is Jesus in your boat? Is Jesus with you? Have you dealt with your sins? Your sins stand between you and Jesus and you and God. And if, they, uh, if that remains there, your sins will stand between you and God for all eternity. You will be in hell and you will be separated from the kingdom of God. Unless you repent of your sinfulness and all of your disobedience against God and you are repulsed by that, you are sor sorrow over that and you hate that and you say, I want to turn from that. I don't want to go that way in my life anymore. I want to turn and come to Jesus and I want to be changed to be an obedient person. And I receive his forgiveness. You believe on his death and resurrection as the payment for your sins and you receive it as your payment and your cleansing and your forgiveness and you receive eternal life from him. And he comes into your life. 
In that sense, he gets into your boat. He now sails with you in your boat, sailing across the ocean of life. Is Jesus in your boat? That's the key to everything. Without it, without him in your boat, you know what would have happened that night? They would have sunk. That boat was going down. That boat would have gone down if Jesus had not been there to calm the storm or to uh, keep them safe. And that's a picture of our salvation. Without Jesus, our boat will sink. And we'll go down and be lost forever. That's reality. The difference is Jesus. Is he in your boat? Is he with you? And is your faith on him? Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would uh, fill us with strong faith in you. This scripture would, would uh, renew us and strengthen our faith and open our eyes to uh, approach life this way. That with you in our life, we can deal with anything. We can handle anything. We can go through anything. You're stronger than anything that we may face. You have power over it. You have all power. And we just keep our eyes on you. Not on the problems, not on the storms, but our eyes would be upon you. And you're in complete control. So help us to trust you in the problems and storms of life. Help us to keep our faith strong. And when we feel afraid, when we're tempted, and when we feel ourselves, when we feel fear rising up, that we will remember this text and we will seek to uh, turn from that fear and uh, strengthen our faith and be full of faith and renew our faith. That you're with us and you can handle and give us strength to face anything. I pray for any who need to receive you in repentance and faith. They do that very important thing, the key to everything, to receive forgiveness of their sins. Thank you for dying for us, Lord Jesus, and rising from the dead to defeat death and hell and Satan for us through your great uh, powerful display of your power over sin. Lead us in the days ahead. And help us to serve you in all that you want us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.